All right, check this out. We used to drink San Pellegrino. Now we're in Muy Peligroso. (laughs) (laughs) See, this is why you're my dad's favorite. Yeah. Mm. This is why he wishes he uh, had you as a son. He wishes he had you as a son. What if he did? (laughs) It's possible. Yeah, potentially. Um, Let's let's get on Maury Povich and figure this out. kick it off hello friends it's uh your chapo um we got a we got a full deck today the whole the whole squad is gonna uh, gonna hit this one we're chilling uh feeling good i think uh let's to kick things off uh talking about uh just update on the iran situation last episode we were you know very worried about uh you know the nightmare scenario that could uh spawn out of this which very much still could happen but i was gonna say at least so far, it seems like the like both sides have have backed down. Uh, Iran did their retaliation, surface to surface missiles fired uh, at an American military base, but they warned the Iraqi government like an hour before and only destroyed property. And I think it was pretty clear that they were you know doing it symbolically and not something yeah. that was designed to inflict mass casualties. But I saw the the, the missiles precisely hit their targets yes i think they were like literally just hitting like what they knew were empty buildings but with no no error whatsoever well i think what they're showing is that if they really wanted to they would right yeah i didn't realize they had that capability oh yeah Yeah, no they're they're pretty goaded oliver Oliver north uh, had a lot to do with that way to go buddy they're kitted out i'm pretty um you know cautiously optimistic that this might just be the closest we came to disaster and avoid it the thing i keep waiting for is because trump is not he's conflict averse he's antagonistic like remember like that anecdote about how like when people would lose their baseballs in his yard as a child he would yell from the second story window that if they went into his yard he was going to call the police like that's more his style. <laughs> that's more his style. I've never heard There's, that. He's, he doesn't actually like conflict. He likes antagonizing. And I feel like I'll feel a lot better when someone gets fired, when whoever he can blame or whoever he can be like, you told me no one would be mad at me if I did this, like gets fired. Yeah. That that speech he made, the, the statement. Okay. The oh, next yeah. Day, yeah, yeah. That was like. He was absolutely awake for 36 hours, just like <laughs> flipped out that everyone was mad at him. Yeah. He oh, God. Tucker, did not expect it coming. Tucker's mad at me. What's going on? Yeah. Why is Tucker so mad? No, Tucker, please. I'm sorry. I don't. I get back. I get back. The weirdest thing is like, I, I really think our foreign policy right now is a push and pull between the eight and nine o'clock slots on Fox News, <laughs> where it's like Sean Hannity is just like, Yes, Mr. President, now is the time to be decisive, strike back hard on all our enemies. And then Tucker's like, no, no, strike back hard against all our enemies in this country. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> against, you know, the gay people and, uh, you know, Mexicans. Yeah. Please, uh, yeah, yeah, do an airstrike on them. Yeah. And yeah, no, I, 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 think, I think you're right. I think it's just like 
he did it because he thought he would look tough and cool and then everyone got mad at him and then he literally at that press conference says what we want to do now is negotiate yeah. <laughs> he literally said I want to yeah. make a good deal happen it's just like yeah. dude the initial tweet, though, was like, you know, they've never won a war, but they've never lost a deal thing yeah, where like you could true. tell he was definitely trying yeah. to like hedge his bets on that. Yeah. Again, he doesn't want to. He's not going to go into the yard and kick your ass if you get your baseball. He wants to scream at you from the second story window. <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm laughing and imagining a scenario where like the uh, the scrappy neighborhood baseball team, like maybe the one kid who's a little bit of an outsider brings his dad's um, signed baseball by all the murderers yard yankees <laughs> and then hits a dinger into trump's yard and they have to do, do a lovable hijinks but then are mm-hmm. uh you know arrested by the police yeah. when little little lord fauntleroy uh, calls the cops on them you know people so I think it'd be like the sandlot where you would like imagine trump as this hulking behemoth and then when you actually get into the junkyard he's like a little he's james I, Jones. I, I would love i would love to pretend to drown in the white house pool so donald trump had to give me cpr like in the sandlot <laughs> <laughs> you know, people got mad at Geraldo for saying thank you, Iran, and thank you, Trump, for not escalating this any further. And I get that, but then I realized, wait a minute, Geraldo is one of a handful of people that the president actually listens to. Yeah, yeah. Like, he is a, a yeah. serious advisor to the president. <laughs> no, did you see that so thing? he actually has a moral obligation to flatter him no, to no. prevent a war. Did you see that thing where Geraldo was just like, yeah, he was just like, Mr. President, I'm begging you, I'm beseeching you. Don't make another. Don't make this terrible mistake again. Like we cannot afford this war. Please deescalate the conflict. And people were like, "You should uh, go on Fox and say that." And he goes, "I'll be on Hannity tonight discussing this very issue." T- several minutes later, follow up tweet: Hannity has just canceled on me. <laughs> he has just canceled my appearance. So yeah, Geraldo yeah, is weirdly like reasonable views on foreign policy, and I don't know where they came from. <laughs> Well, because the, Geraldo's one of those young lords, weepy older yeah. dudes they came from the came from the young lords who just get like get passionate, and just like talk themselves into every position, never having thought about it before, and then they they forget about it. As he soon is as like talking. most Americans. Yes. Uh, he found them in Al Capone's vault. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Excellent. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I, w- I would just say the uh, the slight qualifier to um, a sort of glimmer of uh, optimism that we've averted the worst case scenario is that uh, now apparently everyone in the military is saying that Iran definitely shot down that Ukrainian passenger jet the other night. (laughs) Yeah. So make of that what you will. I mean, obviously I wouldn't believe anything that the military says at this point, but it's conceivable that the, you know, it might've been an accident. Tell you what, regardless, not my business. Not my business. They should not have been taking off in that environment. Something fucked up to let them to, to, to take off in the first place and maybe they got misidentified it feels like this is the the fifth ukrainian passenger jet that's blown up in a war zone in the past few years why do people keep flying with that airline it's the only airline that gives me points on my credit card like why? you know of a better way to get to Balakistan. the one dig- one interesting digression here uh, regardless of uh what happened or not is all of the uh, like like hot war pig uh, neocons who have just discovered like they're like if if what is being suggested is true if this is confirmed that a passenger jet has been shot down with a missile over Iranian airspace then any country that would do that <laughs> needs to be wiped off the map there is no coming back from that now any country that would do something like that uh, has forfeited their right to exist monstrous how dare uh, yeah. they? If, you, if you're confused of what we're talking about, just Google <laughs> Iranian passenger jet 
blown up with missile. <laughs> Sexy teens. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I, I know we had like I, I exhaled when I saw that tweet from Trump where he just said, "All is well, <laughs> all is well." It's okay, folks. We're done. Okay, yeah, yeah. Fine. Stop. yeah. So, I told you before. I had a friend call and ask me like, um, because she's like sort of you know she only became political very recently and she never had like a hysterical lib phase and she's like so this iran thing this is just like more liberal hysteria right and i'm like this one might actually be a problem yeah but that is a fair assessment given the history of every kind of like hysteria that's come prior where it's like mm, it's probably I, good I not mean, to panic i will i will I'm, openly cop to uh it- <laughs> Any prospect of like a just like a cascade of military escalations and provocations between Iran and America, like I will well, be see, hysterical but the thing, about the reason that. that, the thing that no, I, I, what I'm saying is that it is it's it's worth keeping an eye on. Yeah. What we underestimated, though, when and totally fairly considering how you know terrifying the prospect were, is that at the end of the day, Iran is ruled by rational actors. This is also they are they are the like realpolitik government that wants to sustain itself they don't want they don't have a death wish they want to keep governing and that means you can be dealt with and that is not what we have but thankfully uh, they are that i yeah. was just like to say i was glad i was not on that episode because i would have said i don't know i think it might be okay and just ruined everyone's lives <laughs> <laughs> well it's like if there's a libidinal element to that like whenever that happens I mean, whenever we get a we get a crisis there's just I mean, everybody not. gets that like uh, Hitler in the bunker kind of frigid for a second it makes things a little more interesting. Well, I know? mean, I mean, th- this is in some ways a replay of 2017 when we didn't know who Trump was or what tr- Trump being president yeah. would look like, and the North Korea flare up happens. Yeah, and you don't know how much of this is just you know uh, just diplomatic empty threats, like, like the sorts of threats that have been exchanged between our countries for the past few decades. Or how much of this is real because we have a game show host who's senile as president. Yeah. Or, my, or the, my, I had the same evaluation then, though, too, where I was like, I have to say, I think North Korea might be kind of better at state management. And like, that would be the thing. Yeah, that would save it really us. does feel like it. I, I uh, mean, but we really are putting the screws on him, too. Yeah, is the yeah. thing. And at some point, I think there's a breaking point. There is point. a breaking point. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the it also had a little sort of echoes of the strike against Syria. Where mm-hmm. again, I was we, much more worried that that was the trial run because I remember, that was, yeah, yeah, that was remember? the trial run. We everyone freaked out. I was freaked was like, for that, this, and then I was our, like, oh, <laughs> it was literally just the fucking yeah. It was pretty much just that, and uh, yeah, I mean, this the war with Iran is tremendously unpopular, and there's a huge uh, apparatus in DC f- that sort of agitates against Iran, but there's nothing quite like a PNAC. There's nothing quote where people are as high placed as like the sort of PNAC barnacles ended up. There's FDD, but they're like seem more freakish to me than PNAC. They seem a little bit more out there. And this engagement seems so much less popular than yes. any of the previous ones. It is, I think, maybe one of those issues where we may generally be moving in the right direction against military engagement. And, yeah. get, and I, like I said, I'll, I'll exhale like, you know, I think I think we might be OK, but I'll exhale completely when he fires somebody and says, like, they're the person who told me it would be fine and no one would be mad at me. I yeah. mean, he's so the first mention of 
Trump had of Soleimani was when Hugh Hewitt interviewed him in 2015. Oh, God, he goes, I know. Oh, yeah, the guy I know, but just tell, for the audience, please. <laughs> <laughs> of course, movie. I know who this person is. <laughs> that is a pro But move. if you could just say the name and explain who they are. Now the search for Trump begins. It's like me at a party. <laughs> because Trump... Uh, Trump loves talking about the hot generals, but Soleimani... He was the hottest. Well, he was so general, daddy. The hottest general of all so, so much hotter than, like, fucking... Uh, Raisin Ra- Cane. Yeah, Raisin, Raisin Cane. Cane. The fucking fucking Patrice. These guys all look like they've been in the Ron Popeil food dehydrator. <laughs> <laughs> They're not luscious daddies yeah. like Soleimani Soleimani was. took care of his skin. He was in good shape. He had beautiful eyes. Clearly <laughs> amazing Mediterranean diet his whole life. Yeah. The search begins by Trump for... A hot, a we got a hot because he knows he's just doing marketing. Like he's yeah. he's rolling out all these guys who look like they just sit with their arms folded in the Home Depot parking lot <laughs> waiting for the truck to be loaded up. And he's like, "Oh yeah, these are the sexiest guys I've ever seen." But we know he doesn't believe that. <laughs> well, none of them were Tom Cruise, who is yeah. the sexiest yeah. man yes. alive. According, but they have to, better bodies, according to Trump. But they have yeah, they have bigger, better bodies. <laughs> uh, no, it's funny you bring up uh, Petraeus as a, a good. He's he's probably the only like. American general that was like as even close to being as revered as like a national hero the way yeah Soleimani and in terms was. of having you know he was CIA director as well yeah he had, yeah he had a wide yeah swell. yeah he had like a big portfolio yeah. of uh, you know crimes yes. to, to draw from but I remember uh, you know back in like the the height of like surge mania and you know uh, when everyone was just going you know creaming oh, themselves yeah. about fucking our general Petraeus including like war skeptic people they all got yeah like, this is different oh he he believes in coin yeah you know he has the coin doctrine yep. or whatever uh I I, it, admission never knew what that was oh it, me- it meant that way he thought that if you jumped on Iraqi's heads it would be <laughs> <a> coin <laughs> that, that varied the amount varied on the size of the Iraqi right and right. he thought that Marines who were you know, potentially at risk for IEDs, they could uh, use this piece of military equipment called the Tanukis. <laughs> <laughs> they could fly over the IEDs. See, I like when Felix gives me these uh, these explanations because I'm one of those people who has sort of gone out of their way, just out of um, you know defiance uh, to not learn very much about foreign policy. Because I have like such a simple foreign policy, which is just like don't intervene and take in refugees. And like, I think that one of the ways they slide through what justifies an intervention is by creating an army of well paid so called experts to argue that something is complicated. So, my defense against all of this is to just be stupid and ignorant and be like, no. And they're like, well, don't you know about like, no, I don't know about that. And I still don't agree. And we're still not going. Like, I do agree with that. I do think they kind of like psyop well-meaning people into interventionists. That well, way. that's the way it starts. They start yeah. out uh, like pro, like you find a lot of people that were like you know say like anti-war in the eighties, and then then they became experts and they spent a lot of time you know learning about the region, and uh, they become specialists in you know Middle East and North Africa, and then slowly they they start to see things as like the good guys and the bad guys, and they get invested in it like it's a fucking cowboy movie, and they completely lose the ground underneath their feet. So this is why I prefer to think the coin doctrine also relates to a tanuki suit. But uh, Felix, I, I I think you had it exactly right. Like when they like they laid out these are all our options for retaliation, and they're like they're pointing at this yeah. one. Like they're, they're trying to get him to like like Eric Trump. Yeah, They put they put five options on the table and they just start padding yep. one yep. in the hopes that like they, they just... rub that one in Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> and then he cho- he chose killing Suleimani because the, the, he was the hottest general. 
Yeah. And he wants America to have the hottest generals. And as long as that guy was alive, we were not going to have the hottest generals. But like, as far as Petraeus goes, as like the, the contrast between him and Suleimani, I remember reading about Petraeus and these like breathless profiles of him that like he wakes up every morning and runs 10K. And I just like, he's just wiry. He loves cardio. And I just, I, all I could think about that Freaks. was the scene in Eastbound and Down, the season, Caesar series premiere. Where the, uh, the principal Cutler yeah. is just like, oh, I'm training to do a uh, triathlon. Like, but you probably know all about that, Kenny. And he goes, uh. No, actually, I don't. I play real sports. Not trying to be the best at exercising. No, I don't. I play real sports. Not trying to be the best at exercising. <laughs> because Soleimani was a fucking builder. Yeah, he was. He was. A, he was a trainer and a bodybuilder. Yeah, they had bodybuilder. Not a guy who just runs around. Yeah, there's a great picture of a bodybuilding contest in Iran. And the backdrop on the stage is just a giant picture of Suleiman. I've seen that. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. So like all those all those Iranian muscle men that we love on Instagram, like that's that's who that's their that's their goals. Like that's their that's their godfather. That's their rich piano. Yeah. And then look at the like yeah, contrast the careers. Like first of all, contrast how they did in Iraq. <laughs> Suleimani clearly more successful over the long term than yeah. Petraeus was. Then look at what what how how their career ended. Uh Suleimani killed in the field of battle basically by treacherous american scum petraeus got too horny and gave classified information to his mistress for her book and he was undone not by the mistress yep. but by like the caddy social network yes. of army officer yes. it's not like it was some sort of like fucking uh fsp honeypot it was a bunch of chatty cathy's in tampa in tampa that like a bunch is. of real housewives of the U.S. Marine Corps just throwing drinks at each other's faces and writing cat emails to each other. Yeah, that's, Petra- that's cardio guy energy. Yeah. And Petraeus is just like the little cat looking over the table like in the meme. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Suleimani doing something that pathetic? Never. Never. Little cat. Uh, just to, just, just to uh, transition from uh, the foreign to the domestic, I mean, uh, I'm exhaling a little bit, you know, things, you know, Things could always get worse, but for now, it seems like we've avoided yeah. the most nightmare scenario imaginable. But one, I, I guess, one thing that's been useful about you know coming to the brink of total disaster is it's been a very, very clarifying moment as far as the Democratic primary yep. is concerned. And we and we've talked about this, and you know, I singled out uh, Elizabeth Warren for you know her terrible initial response to it. And the fact that, you know, now since then she allowed Meghan McCain to uh, with she withered under questioning Oof. by Meghan McCain. Losing a view. battle of wits to an unarmed person. Um, Not good. And I, I guess like, yeah, very, very, very clarifying as far as how all the candidates uh, reacted to this. And, you know, we went over that on the last episode. But I would like to talk a little bit um, about our girl, uh, Elizabeth Warren, who uh, just just the other day had a. Uh, an event here on our home turf in uh, in Brooklyn at the uh, King's Theater, and this was her big. This is her sharing the stage with uh, Julian Castro, and I just want to talk a little bit about like we talked about Castro on the show before, and the fact that like he is rebranded as like the woke guy, despite spending being like the foreclosure tyrant yeah. during the Obama administration, and you know he dropped out and then has endorsed Warren. Clearly, as like you know, setting up like oh, like a VP nod. I'm mm. imagining this is what they're, you know, this is like a. It, it's a sign that your campaign is not doing well when like you're gonna you're trying to announce who your vice president is before you've even secured the nomination. But I yeah, just think Ted it's funny. Cruz energy there. I just think it's funny that 
like the Warren campaign, like the Warren people are so excited about the Castro endorsement. And it's just like, who gives a shit? Who cares about this guy? He's he never pulled more than 1% and like was losing his home state. Like, yeah, but they're genuinely cynical and they're like, it literally is. They're like, we've got an ethnic. That's Cast- literally it. Yes. Castro was, it's, he's a Pokemon. Castro is one of the most cynical candidates I've ever seen in my life. He's incredible to go from like the awful, uh, awful HUD guy under Obama, just selling out poor people selling out their homes and then when you're like 50 to be like y'all we gotta talk about decolonizing sex work what's up man the guy helped preside over the the housing stock of like black americans basically got wiped out and he presided over that happening and and now he's the intersectional candidate my favorite thing about castro is just like he's just trying his he's just uh, trying his heart out up there He's just he's rolling through all the check marks. He's knows everything that every journalist pretends to care about. Yeah. And Biden is right next to him. And Biden's like, and that's, you know, the moment when Mexicans started using pomade. That's when we started getting them confused with Portuguese. And, you know, we have a saying around the block in Delaware. When the cat starts jiving, that's when the mouse starts doing the same thing. <laughs> And, of course, that's all. I think we're going to look 100 years from now, we're all going to be black. <laughs> and it's just crushing him. Yeah. Crushing Destroying him. Destroying him. Absolutely obliterating him. His eyebrows really are what's going to stick with me. Real just strong. so perfect. Yeah. Real strong. Perfectly. He's tidy. Tailored and groomed. He's a tidy guy. Um, uh, that's, that's really key what you said, Felix. Uh, what all these journalists pretend to care about. Because uh, after Julian Castro left the race, everyone was saying, I, I see all these people saying, you know, well, isn't it a shame? The only Latino candidate has been forced out of the race. And it's like, you didn't support him. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I know that Warren. because nobody supported him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was like, it's like, there's no value added because everyone who liked Castro was already voting for Warren. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's just zero value added for that. I, well, or 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 Pete. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to say liked him, I mean, fine as like a a, a a vague second or third choice, somebody who seemed hopeless. But you know, you can feel like a good person for saying I like that man. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I I I think for uh, Warren to make such a big deal of this, uh, I, I think there's two big reasons. One is, uh, she's been eating shit for a while. I, ever since the squad endorsement, she's been losing out on all of these key endorsements to Bernie Sanders. The last big one she got was the Working Families Party, which I personally think kind of blew up in both their faces. Yeah. Uh, most recently, the, the Sunrise Movement endorsement, which they thought they would get. Or at and, least make and a the big vote was a landslide. 80-20. Landslide. 80-20. Crushed. Crushed. Also, and the Dream Defenders. Castro was at least someone people might recognize. And so, of, of course, you want to make a big deal of it. And the other thing is, Warren wants to turn the page of war shit. She clearly hates talking about this shit. It's not in her wheelhouse. It's not at all central to, you know, her core campaign message. And she also got owned in a fucking interview with Meghan McCain about it. That's how badly she's doing on the war thing. Uh, She wants to, like, can we stop talking about the Iran stuff and get back to, you know, Big Structural Bailey? (laughs) I'm going to drop Big Structural Bailey on Tehran. (laughs) So maybe... So Castro is saying, uh, "Okay, we're talking. We're doing new stuff now." Okay, but yeah. like Castro, Castro taught her how to dance. Oh, okay, Ooh. that's what I, I mean. May, uh... may, maybe this is petulant, but hey, it's in my nature. 
um, okay. You know what you're signing up for when we, you listen yeah, to this podcast. We, okay, so you, you must, you must, yeah. Like, uh, n- nice pantsuit, Elizabeth. Uh, my drapes called. They want it back. Um, uh, so yeah, so I know, I know you guys probably saw, uh, clips from the, uh, event in, uh, the King's Theater. Uh, number one, her just like awkwardly just trying to really get a big pop out of double selfie time. She is not double selfie time. You would have to do one selfie for there to be double selfies. And as we've said many times, she's never done a single selfie. Those aren't selfies. They're not selfies. <laughs> They're not selfies. I'm sick of this. They're not selfies. They're just photographs. A, a selfie. The, the, the term existed because you're taking no, but it she, yourself. She doesn't get a lot of contemporary concepts. For example, you cannot dump someone who ghosted you. Yeah, but she has yep. people. Like she doesn't understand the concepts. There's yeah, that's, she's yeah, hired. Dump people. the guy who goes to you. It's like that done. What are you talking about? Yeah. There's and, a staff of people who should know these things. So there was there, there are two moments of brutal cringe. The the, the her screaming uh, double selfie time. <laughs> selfie time. And number two, uh, her dancing at the end, like Elaine Bettis style. <laughs> yes. dancing at the end of it. That just oof yeah. oof. oof. Really Oof, bad. That was that was that was real bad, and I know it was bad because like all of her biggest defenders are so angry that anyone's making fun of it. Yeah, yeah, There's, that's, that's yeah. the latest contra Yeah, the yeah, like exactly. And it's weird though because she's literally Hillarying. Yeah, Amber, she's literally Hillarying. Amber, I like uh, I saw someone say this the other day online, and I thought it was so fucking on point. I think it was a uh, shout out Jimmy Jazz on Twitter. He said, like, all, you know, politics, you know, aside policies, blah, blah, blah. But just as a politician, a candidate, a personality, Elizabeth Warren is all the cringe of Hillary and none of the ruthlessness. Yeah. She's a weak Hillary. <laughs> yeah. And and then I saw uh, Cory Booker today <laughs> piped up to say, like, he's trying to get like he's he's going to endorse Elizabeth Warren. Oh, yeah. So try to get down on that. And he, he piped up today to say. Uh, raise your hand if you know why people are making fun of Elizabeth Warren dancing and not my dad jokes. Because was, I thought I forgot you were alive until you posted. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, because everyone, because like you, I, the last campaign event you did a month out from Iowa, you were addressing the wing in Soho. Yeah, yeah. ten people. Yeah, no, because, yeah, because so we're hot. making fun of your Furby eyes. Yeah. <laughs> KG, KG, you're gonna love this. You're gonna, you're gonna love this, Cory Booker. Cory Booker's campaign has been like just like weird scripted interactions with Rosario Dawson. <laughs> oh, where, it's, yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, where they like like their advisors create a sort of rainbow in the distance and he's like, Do you see that? You're as beautiful as that. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, yeah, addressing rooms of twelve people. So it's like Forgive me. I forgot you were running. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. No. Everyone. Everyone thought. Yeah. No one. No one knew you were still in the race, dude. Sorry. Yeah. Also, according to her campaign, there were about 1,500 people outside who couldn't get in. And King's Theater is pretty big. Uh, that's the venue that uh, Virgil. Yeah, well, I, I was. Uh, you uh, were. I was the victimized by a racially motivated attack <laughs> from the uh, Friends of the Pod Militia, the terrorist yeah. organization. Yeah. No, yeah. The, the State Department does deem Friends of the Pod as a terrorist a terrorist group state i mean it's weird it's the military wing of pod save america <laughs> so yeah, that, yeah they, they, that's the theater you were kicked out of virgil uh but you know it's like i think that holds about three thousand. it's a beautiful old theater so they got there it was at capacity for the warren event and you know 
the Warren supporters, they want to have a party. They want to feel good. I'm, you know, I'm sure they, I'm sure they are looking for any reason to feel good. But I got to say, middle of Brooklyn, New York City, about 4,000 people. Oh, not great. I mean, come on. I'm saying, like, if you're going to be a national president, you got to be 10K or it's not worth getting out of bed for. Absolutely. And I bet we could do a dual show with a similarly popular podcast and pull those numbers. Probably. If we could combine with someone, yeah. Um, then we can run for president yeah. as friends. And then it was it was, it was, uh, it was streamed live on Facebook and got about a hundred thousand views. So cringe. That's yeah. Eh, you know. yeah no, she's well, she's trending and she's not trending well. That is so funny about uh, Cory Booker, though. It's just like, dude, like just just drop out. You're giving talks at the wing. Yeah. Like why are you in like why are you in Iowa or New Hampshire, dude? Like yeah. this is you've given up entirely. Uh, yeah. He has to go to Girl We Work. <laughs> Cory uh, Booker is like I've said it before, probably on this show. I forget, but uh, the thing I do like about him is like he is trying so fucking hard, and he just doesn't have it. Like he just doesn't have it, but he's trying so fucking hard. But to do what is the question? Hang out. <laughs> he just really <laughs> he wants be, to be nice to the most amount of people possible. Yeah, that is yeah. that is what yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah, that's what you said. Is that like uh, his campaign is based entirely off of offending no one? Yeah, he like yeah no, he just likes making friends. He's a curious young man. Well, that was his pitch. He was one of the first to announce that his pitch was: we just all need to love each other. Yeah, it's all yeah. just getting a cuddle puddle, America. Yeah, and people were like, "Yeah, we're not really in the mood for that. We want to kill each other very yeah. much." You're a free hugs guy in a bare knuckle boxing ring. Yeah. So uh, Warren pulled a few thousand for her event. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, as we remember, a few months ago, Bernie pulled in Queens twenty six thousand. Uh huh. And of course, Bernie had some firepower there. Overflow. He had AOC, but you know what? Bernie has AOC. Warren has Julian Castro. Yeah. As well, she got what a hundred thousand in live stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that number for a, a recent video that the Bernie campaign put out? Well, I mean, it just uh, the Emily Ratajkowski endorsement video has a one point seven million views, and that's just on on Twitter. So yeah. I don't know what the Facebook numbers on that they're, are. But... I think they're in the millions for sure. Yeah. So she has officially been deployed for this site. Oh yeah. Uh, she went on recently. She went on Michael Moore's podcast, and uh, I guess she's making the rounds. Uh, might want to get in on some booking there, perhaps, maybe. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, anything else on the uh, campaign that you want to talk about? I have two reading series for us today. To I, I do kind of want to read this thing, and I guess it's uh, Greg Krieg, which I'm sorry, those sound too much like the same name. Change your name. Trump campaign blitzes Bernie over email for the second straight day. By the way, I tried to find this on the website, but it's not on the website. The Trump Pence 2020 website is like all Christmas wrapping paper for sale. Because um, we're saying it again. I love we're it. Christmas. Yeah. Um, and so dangerous. Bernie Sanders can't be trusted to defend American lives. Sanders opposed taking top terrorist Soleimani off the battlefield while repeating Iranian and Russian propaganda. That one is going to bite you in the ass, too, because you, you can't play both sides of Russia stuff. But the best one is fact. Bernie Sanders is a wealthy fossil fuel guzzling millionaire. <laughs> Just I like it. It makes it sound like he's like he's, he's like, dr- yeah, yeah, he's it. drinking he's, it. He's, drinking he's crude he's shotgunning it like uh, just like a wealthy Hollywood elite. Mm. Eh, mm. Triple birthdays is Hollywood. Bernie Sanders lectures Americans how to live their lives while doing the exact opposite. Let's see here. 
Bernie Sanders is lecturing the American people they need to pay more in taxes, surrender their private health insurance plan, and accept job losses in order to inter- implement his extreme left-wing agenda. But he's just another Hollywood-style hypocrite who demands working-class Americans make sacrifices while he plays by his own rules and enjoys a lavish lifestyle. Sexy Bernie lives large. Like, you're not doing it. They're, they're dangerous Donald. Sexy again. Bernie has an arrangement. You're still with your disgusting wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very, uh, like, one, I think it's interesting that they're like, oh, and, and I think the right has figured this out, that Bernie is more of a threat than, oh, like, yeah. the Dems have. And, and two, they miss the understand what people like about Bernie. Well, and they can, accidentally make him sound cool. Well, you can see that they have to go with the culture stuff. So they're like, uh, he, he's, he's, a, he's a Hollywood elite. Because the only type of rich people are Hollywood liberals. <laughs> uh, there are certainly no conservative rich people who control everything. You say, I, th- I think he's doing tropes. He's doing tropes that, for that, sure. That, that press release was many tropes. Ever, I got to say, though, I did see a news item the other day about how Bernie and Jane have bought a fourth toaster. God damn it. <laughs> Living pretty high on the high. I love toast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's a, that, that's, that, I would say that, that is an encouraging sign. It is good. That's, yeah. That's an I'm encouraging glad that, sign. You know, because like, I mean, they're stupid. Um, but at the very least, I think we can acknowledge that the right sees things about the democratic field that the Democrats themselves are too hysterical to notice. All right. I've got I've got two reading series uh, for us today to go through. Uh, one is really short; the other is uh, a little bit meatier. But uh, th- th- this first one, um, uh, it's quick. I've been I'm keeping this one in my back pocket um, since the end of the year. Uh, I think uh, I think I think a full deck is uh, the right one to put this up. This is a uh, this is coverage of the Young Conservative Convention near Mar-a-Lago. Ooh. This is the TPUSA convention. Uh, this comes courtesy of. Uh, Vice magazine. Uh, it's by Jamie Lee Curtis Tate. I wonder if uh, any, I wonder if there's any relation. Okay. Uh, just it's, the headline is 12 unsettling photos from the young conservative. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, you can guess what the photos are. Just you know, uh, use just, your imagination. Just matching homunculi <laughs> in red MAGA hats. So it just says here: um, Last week, thousands of conservative high school and college students gathered for the annual Turning Point USA Student Leadership Summit in West Palm Beach, Florida. The summit was held near Mar-a-Lago, and Donald Trump showed up himself for a last-minute talk on the conference's third day, during which he launched into a weird diatribe against against wind power that that went viral. (laughs) Weird diatribe? That's not my guy. The event consisted of talks, networking events, and workshops, all of which are pretty much what you would expect at a gathering of the right that included Ben Shapiro, Sarah Sanders, and the president. Capitalism is good. Impeachment is a sham. The left wants to take your guns and turn the country into Venezuela. Antifa, the real fascist, blah, blah, blah. Something to do now with how referring to trans people by their correct pronouns is the same as 1984. Then someone would say AOC, and the crowd would boo. Can I, can I just say it's, it's funny how... The way pool reporters have to describe the president's lunatic senile remarks, you know, things like weird diatribe, uh, how that is now being used to recapitulate Biden speeches. And I found this. This was in a, uh, an article in the L.A. Times. Uh, Biden immediately embraced the opportunity to emphasize the value of his foreign policy experience in a world roiled by Trump's America first policies, touching on his years in the Senate, including his chairman of foreign relations committee and his Obama's trusted wingman. He did so in Iowa on Saturday in a rambling talk marred by some misstatements <laughs> but Tuesday gave a more formal speech guided by teleprompters in New York That's after funny. he'd been doped up like how would you even cover that general election campaign yep 
Just finding different synonyms for just demented prattle. I I, wa- I want it so bad. The, the, the dementia so thesaurus is yeah. got to be expanding yeah. by the day. Yeah, in a disjointed series of <laughs> slurred comments. In a concatenation of syllables. <laughs> At times, both candidates appeared confused, pa- pausing their remarks to ask, where am I? <laughs> it was a practical uh, cornucopia of incoherence. <laughs> the, there you, the there you go again of the 2020 election, Biden versus Trump, will be both men asking the same reporter, Becky Quick from CNN, if, they're, if that is, in fact, their daughter. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, all these things are just sort of a preamble. I'm, I'm, I'm getting somewhere with this one. So because uh, a few times speakers said something so wild that stopped me dead in my tracks, like when Ann Coulter compared Ilan Omar to Joseph Mengele. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 when, or when Dinesh D'Souza said, to me, democratic socialism differs from socialism kind of in the same way that gang rape differs from individual rape. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so... Uh, what? Oh. Okay, okay. So it goes on for a little bit. But uh, uh, so the organizers seem to have made a few attempts to make the conservative messaging more appealing to young people. There were a bunch of selfie stations dotted around, and the Ayn Rand booth had graphic novels and a downloadable emoji keyboard. Oh, hell yeah. Sean Hannity was wearing a hoodie. Yeah. By right. young people, Ugh. they mean 11 years old. Yeah, no, people there with their parents. People who, who need to need pictures in their books. These are young conservatives, right? Yeah, so yeah. that's like 50 years old. <laughs> yeah. All right, here, okay, here, here's, here's where I'm really going. Here's the real, the crown jewel of this piece, the reason I selected it. The talk I saw that seemed the most explicitly crafted towards young people was one by disgraced BuzzFeed editor and current TPUSA employee, <laughs> Benny Johnson. <laughs> Benny Johnson, BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed, Benny. Buzzfeed Benny Johnson, who talked about the left's inability to meme. Oh, Johnson came out I on stage. Dude, I, all, every Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, I'm memeing on my family. I'm getting flashbacks. <laughs> they're cucks. I'm getting they're actual getting flashbacks to four years ago when Felix and I like first met BuzzFeed Benny, when oh, he was still yeah. working for BuzzFeed in New Hampshire at a Ted Cruz event. And he was just kind of ambling around the best way i can describe it is just livestock yeah. um, and he was like like he was like a cow chewing his cud because he was carrying around a like a sack of candy yeah it was like candy corn it was like it was the a gross, not yeah. even good candy it was like yeah he had like an imbecile snack pack <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was, was like a fanny pack full of candy corn. <laughs> and he was dropping candy corn on the floor just this ambling imbecile just stepping on it grinding it into the carpet without yeah. noticing it was like yeah it was like they had like a, a, a horse who endured a head injury <laughs> there he was like very high energy but accomplishing nothing like it this was this was a cursed event we saw ted cruz benny johnson and frank luntz Ugh. All at the same event. It's like a VFW hall or something. Yeah, and it was like more. It was or like, a Mister Universe pageant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was like Frank Lutz was like just standing in a corner being interviewed by like some nobody from like you know Talking Heads TV or Bloghead TV or whatever the <laughs> fuck those places are, and being like, well, you know, the establishment lane still making its choice, but Trump's clearly out of the establishment lane, and you know, a talk for nobody by nobody enjoyed by nobody. <laughs> Benny was just wandering around, uh, 
just leaving his cud chewings everywhere. Just lumbering around <laughs> eating candy. Yeah. With this glazed expression on his eyes. Ted right. Cruz. Ted like, Cruz I don't was... even I don't even know what content he was producing. Right. Yeah, I don't there wasn't like a camera with I think he was writing one of those articles that were like, you know, in tw- in 2016, one thing's for sure, the memes are heavy. And like, nobody was reading it. That was the most aggravating part about like all of these uh, 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 like Ben Smith at BuzzFeed, like pushing Benny Johnson for some reason as like uh, like a kind of right of center guy who could talk, speak in millennial language, is that nobody under the age of forty ever read any of that shit? No, no, they gave Benny, they flew Benny to Fort Hood, <laughs> like sent him out <laughs> for him to no take one... a picture of a Johnny Rockets. Yeah. Also, if you don't believe this, I have video of it. Yeah. No, we do. I I remember this clear as day. This was like, oh man, this was our apocalypse now, that trip. And we're going back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going, we're all right, going back. So, in so, shit. All right, this is pretty good so I, far. If I get memed on, I swear to God, yeah, you guys. All right, all right. So, <laughs> <laughs> Officer memed on, requesting backup. So, Repeat, the, sus- the suspect is posting about Harambe in 2020. <laughs> I am being memed on right now. All right, so. It's pretty good so far, right? So you're imagining, I mean, this already took you on like a Proustian reverie oh, yeah. to back to New Hampshire. <laughs> I remember in CPAC. Yeah. Very uh, So yeah, imagine, okay, so Benny Johnson takes the stage to give a talk about the left's inability to meme. Okay. Right on. You ready for this? Ready for it. Johnson came out on stage accompanied by someone dressed as Left Shark. Remember that one? <laughs> Remember that oh one? My what? What? Remember uh, Left Shark? Left Shark. Left Paul. Sh- hey, Paul. You enjoy the Left Shark, Paul? <laughs> hey. I'm just hearing uh, just chopper blades and machine gun fire. <laughs> Who's was in charge here? I thought it was you. Was that five years ago? Left Shark was Katy Perry's Super yeah, Bowl yeah, That was yeah, more than that was like years seven ago. years ago. I, <laughs> I feel like I didn't live in New York when yeah. that happened. Okay, yeah. so Benny Johnson comes out on stage by someone dressed as Left Shark firing a t-shirt cannon into the crowd and screaming, who's ready for some memes? Dozens, <laughs> dozens of geriatrics were killed by this t-shirt cannon. It just, like, it just punched a hole through their soft heads, their 90-year-old heads. And their last, their last memory, the last thing they saw was a t-shirt that had like fucking Chuck Norris saying, like kicking AOC's head off, just, just fucking, just fucking create an exit wound the size of a basketball on their fucking big heads. Okay. Fun had by all at TPUSA Youth Summit, dozens dead. Left shark. Firing a t-shirt crowd into the cannon and screaming, who's ready for some memes? The left can't meme, he said. We're having more fun than them. We're way funnier. We're more awesome. On big screens at the side of the stage was a slideshow of conservative memes to underline Johnson's point. The memes included... Baby Yoda wearing a TPUSA shirt and hat with a laughing Kanye in the background. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's a meme. <laughs> that's I mean, great, that's dude. A meme. That's it, great. In many ways, like it, that is like purely postmodern. Yeah. Like that's such an assemblage of like, I can't tell if he doesn't know how they work anymore or he's just like, like this is, he went, he just finished his blue period and is moving on to cubism. <laughs> Yeah, they're like surrealist themes. It's just like you're just, just taking it apart. Yeah, like they have yeah. the, the reference don't mean anything anymore. Yeah. Well, I don't think 
See, like the reason why I brought up that anecdote from New Hampshire is because I just genuinely don't think he's a smart man or particularly attentive to what he does. No, but I like uh, the idea that he's like got like a Dada esque commitment now. Yeah. I, well, that's in my fantasy. Like he's just like he's like what, no, let's just assemble them with no. I'm memes. asking the question: What are memes? <laughs> All right, here here are a few more memes. The painting American Gothic, okay. but with Greta Thunberg and David Hogg's faces ah, photoshopped onto oh, it. Yeah, okay. they're gay together. So, <laughs> so, baby. Uh, and a photo of AOC looking confused captioned, so am I the president now? That's tight. That's Dude, that's fucking tight. That's a meme. That's, that's a, a fucking meme. That's a meme. No doubt. Fuck. No doubt in my mind. The one I before feel, that, though, doesn't done. even really have like a negative connotation to it. Well, she's dumb. Like, they, they, they like... Well, they like th- American Gothic. Like they like that. They they they, they like that image. Yeah, yeah like, but no, it's because they're 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 frowny and sour. Like those old yeah, school oh, okay. old yeah. They're sort of yeah. yeah. They're, 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 they're just dour. Yeah. You. you can't uh, have guns yeah. or meat. Yeah, or yeah. memes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your memes. If you meme on somebody, it's a hate crime. Oh, I hate it. I, I hate it when I, epic conservatives make a Pepe of their grandmother. Honestly, getting mad at David Hogg, that feels even more distant than the left shark thing. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't do anything. I mean, he's just like a college student now. Yeah, he just like posts. He's it turning used, into a lefty shit poster yeah. now. There was like two months where like the, all the conservative posts about David Hogg. Do you remember? They were oh, yeah. so good. They were really they were like, yeah, It was like is, their Timothy Chalamet. This your, is like, yeah. your tweet about it is one of my favorite tweets. Uh, it was like... Uh, it's like, all right, David Hogg, here's the deal. You try to lift me up by the, by the hip. And if you can't do it, son, then I'm going to lift you up by the hip. And I forget what this is about. <laughs> That's what it was like. It was yeah, crazy. Yeah. It was like there were so many posts where it's just guys who like lost the plot and were like, I would love to get David Hogg naked. Make sure that he's very slippery and try to grab him and watch him fly all over the place. Watch him just, <laughs> like, watch him just squirt out of my arms yeah. as I try I to wrap love, him up. David Hogg, I would love to debate you in a bathhouse. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like all these yeah, weird. You better own a towel, son. <laughs> yeah, all these weird, like fifty-five-year-old men who were like had kids, but like had one gay experience in the Merchant Marines, <laughs> and like like forty years ago, and are just like just like pissed off at the world. I just want to homoerotically punish this boy. <laughs> it was a strange so, time in America. Right. Oh, good recap here: Baby Yoda wearing a TPUSA T-shirt. American Gothic with Greta Thunberg and David Hogg and a photo of AFC with the caption, so am I the president now? More than once, Johnson paused mid-sentence because he was laughing at the memes too hard. (laughs) 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 Fucking imbecile. Imbecile. Yeah, no, it's like, I used to think, like, do you remember when BuzzFeed Benny first popped on the scene? You and I posted a lot about him because it was like, oh, we thought he was like, Oh my god, he's like laundering youth culture. This is like a clever like coke back thing. And then it's like the more we've seen of him, it's just like, oh, this is a purely stupid man. Yeah, but he's still coke backed. Is the yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. He's always failed up. Yeah. Even if like the plagiarism thing should have ended his career. Even if he got fired from a second place for plagiarism. <laughs> yeah. But well, he, he, he keeps getting hired despite showing no actual ability to connect with young people. But I guess that's what we never realize is, oh, his audience isn't young people. It's elderly exactly. people. Exactly. Yeah. He's yeah. like Charlie Kirk. I mean, yeah. then they work together. TPUSA, like, yeah. TPUSA is an actual, this word gets overused. It is an actual grift on old conservative people. You scare them with what your 
grandkids are learning. They're learning genders. Uh, we're going to protect them from the genders. And then they write you a check. Meanwhile, the only kids that show up are kids who want a fucking piece of the action. Yeah. yeah. And like that's that's also why basically you could never trust anyone who was a child prodigy. Yeah. Because oh, they turn into actual like bow tie yeah. wearing psychopaths. Yeah, no, it's like Herbalife. Benny Johnson was a 32-year-old child prodigy <laughs> when he was signed at BuzzFeed. So uh, just lastly here, it says, uh, they don't want to speak your language. They don't understand you, Johnson32 said. They don't understand <laughs> us the way that we communicate. Fellow, fellow kids. What drugs has he been doing? It oh. sounds like he's experiencing ego death yeah. in public. <laughs> I would like to get him in a room with a bunch of just ableist, black-pilled uh, Zoomers. Because he clearly is, he's getting up there now. I feel like he's losing his relevancy. Well, yeah, Zoomer, like, the Zoomer conservative movement is just people, like, drawing illustrations where they talk to a girl and, like, planning their yeah. shootings. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. They're, they're, well, whatever they're into, they're not into this. Well, Felix, I was, I was, I was thinking about this the other day, and, like, well, you know, like, uh, Benny said it here at the, at the conference, and, and they love to say it, uh, the left can't mean. Yeah. Which is actually kind of true yeah right yeah, it's like true. like Every left meme is like 75 paragraphs <laughs> like uh it, it, like the first like bad left memes i saw were like in the aftermath of the 2016 primary and it would be like a picture of like Neera Tannen, and it's like my name's Neera Tannen. list every bad thing Neera Tannen did in your career and it's like Come on, man! Show me the frog. Yeah, the not the not the racist frog. Show me the. I like the racist frog, frog too, but I but I missed that boy. The, the, yeah. the boy. that was a pure yeah, moment. Yeah. Here come that boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and well, that's the though. The best memes aren't. They're not left they're not, or they're right. Not they're, they're, they're not they Yeah, they. Yeah. They're well, because like, left, yeah. left memes are so fucking didactic. They're purely yeah. They're so didactic, and they they get one. It's the problem with all political memes. They get yes. one joke and yes. repeated forever. That's why you've seen so many fucking posts and uh, cartoons and blah, 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 where it's like a fucking Nazi and then like a cool Antifa guy. And the Nazi's like, I want to do the Holocaust. And the Antifa guy's like, I'm against that. And then it's like, dumb liberal pussy. Uh, both these things are the same. How many hundreds of times have you seen yeah. that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Boy. Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. Like memes are largely aesthetic. I want the little unicycle. Yeah, it's like what, like the unicycle frog. The incredible, the like fucking deep fried Zoomer memes where it's just like completely absurdist and barely any words. It's like cool. Yeah. Like it's not really my style of thing, but it's like it's more honest to what that's supposed to be than any of this shit. Give me a handsome Squidward. And yeah, most yeah. most right memes, if you think about it, are boomer cringe and awful. Yeah. Like. Like really, it's just the fringe Nazis who have the good memes. Honestly. Yeah, well, no, it's like like the the memes that uh, have have staying power or become part of a larger vernacular uh, were you know either created by or uh, proliferated by yeah like Zoomer yes. alt right weirdos. And like the thing is like they're they're very uh, proprietary about that. But the thing is like the reason they last and be, and are so funny or have a kind of like a valence uh, culturally is because for a meme to be successful, it has to be like a perfect little capsule of idiocy yes of just of like of of, of like anti-meaning garbage yeah but also like permutable into different interpretations exactly like, most of which will be bad yes but a few people will bump it up you know like, it's like it's like a it's closer to like a folk kind of a, like a, your mama jokes or something I'd, like you have a medium that you work with most of them aren't good once in a while someone did something amazing with it and like you know like like a uh, virgin versus chat yeah Mm-hmm. Like uh, there's so many variations of that. I I always love Virgin versus Chad, but w- what's so funny about it 
or like wh- why it, it, it is replicatable or like uh, you can riff on it is because the original thing is something that these people sincerely believe in. Yeah. Like this is like a summation of their worldview, well, which is what makes it so funny. But I mean, Virgin versus Chad, that didn't start politically. It started like on 4chan, like making it was like nerds making fun of other nerds identifying mm-hmm. the virgin walk which is 100 percent identifiable funny thing or soy then, face or things like right, that. right right and the chad walk is like it's like a joke response to that but like this didn't start as like really political like a lot of these things that like you like are ascribed as political memes are just like they're bastardized to like add on a bunch of meaning and mm. it, it like it like makes them less fun for sure well just like with anything with like internet virality like anything that's created with the intention of being popular or viral is do is just right it's like it's it's it's, it goes nowhere right because like it just like i said you need that kind of like initial uh like like seed of just sort of uh banality uh nihilism uh really really shitty art skills yeah and just kind of like a like just like i said a perfect capsule of just idiocy and like anti-meaning is right. is what what makes these things. And what what when they are when someone does something interesting with them, it's it's someone doing a like you know emulating outsider art. When there's like when you hear a good Daniel Johnston cover, but most of them are very bad, and people shouldn't do that. Yeah, this is yeah, this is like eh, maybe too long-winded, and it references Nausgaard. <laughs> we'll leave it for another time, I guess. Um, I, appreci- I appreciate art talk here today. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, right. I definitely shouldn't right. go into it. Though. All right. We're at, we're at an hour now. I'm going to save the other the, the other reading series I have till next episode because it deserves space. It is really chunky. Okay. Right, if, okay. If we're, it's really chunky. If we're going to say that, I might go into my thing then. Okay. Yeah. Do your thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like, yeah. 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 So, okay. I was talking about. Carlo of Nausgaard's My Struggle with My Sister yesterday, right? And, like, I realized what I think is actually, like, amazing about it. And what I think is amazing about it is, like, it kind of doesn't matter if you read the entire thing. It doesn't. Because there's so much in there that just is, like, immaterial and meaningless. It's more like, it doesn't really seem like a, a book. It's more like a song. Like, you get into the rhythm of his life. Because he talks about fucking everything. But the thing I like about it is that it's written during this age of like first person essays where every interaction and every trauma or even every good thing is and every piece of art that the, someone is writing about experiencing is supposed to have this deep meaning this deep political valence and and and, and it's supposed to be this totem to this overall global trend or whatever and now Scott takes everything everything in his entire life there are things in there that's like yeah, on Thursday sometimes it was my dad's job to make dinner, and he okay. There'd be four sandwiches: one with mayo, one with herring, one with mayo and herring, one with peppers. And like I like I like the second one, but if it, it was my choice, deal. Like it would it would just be like so much shit like that that was pointless. But it's like you would get through the like a hundred pages about his adolescence, about like trying to find beer for a party, a hundred pages describing this, and there'd be no meaning. There'd be no purpose. There would be, this didn't have a point. This didn't have a larger implication for the, any point he was making because he was not making a point. The point was that this is meaningless. He was burying you with detail to show that this was meaningless. And it was the, mo- it is 
not era defining it's era defining where we were supposed to glean meaning out of everything he gives you his entire life and says that it's meaningless and in that creates an incredible what i think is an absolutely fucking incredible work of art and to that extent like the best things you see online are that they're burying you with these little heartbreaking details these things that you they identify about your life or anything that are heartbreaking and how specific and crushing they are and the takeaway is it's meaningless political means suck because it's like the latter type of first person essay it's trying to fucking glean meaning out of the way that aoc looks stupid or like the guillotines are epic uh so i was like uh yesterday trying to like think of like good anti-war songs and like there's a lot of really good like heavy-handed anti-war songs and like the one that i had completely forgotten about because it's the most 90s one is this song by cake called i bombed korea and there is literally no politics in it whatsoever it is a pure character study of a korean war vet and he just doesn't know he is he is he st- has not grappled with it. He doesn't know why he did it. He's like, we didn't even know those people. So I sit here at the bar and I'm not a hero, but I bombed Korea every night. And it was like, or, or like with fucking uh, like Uncut Gems was one of the things walking out of it. I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe like, I can't believe it's been this long since I've seen a movie that's like an intimate character study of like one man and like the 15 people in his life. And it's not, like fucking hitting you over the head with we live in a society i am so sick of being told i live in a society Uh we've lost every like aesthetic and intimate and human detail of art trying to scream that we live in this society i saw fucking hustlers the jennifer lopez stripper movie where they were fucking drugging wall street guys and they tried to make it about the fucking 2008 financial crisis they tried to make it to the big short i'm like that is not why we're here i am here to smoke weed in a movie theater and see strippers Drug Wall Street guys. I did, this is not supposed to be. We live in a society movie, and like you, when you get a piece of art like that, like you know, now Scarred or or I bombed Korea or or Uncut Gems or whatever, you realize like shit. We have like overwhelmed ourselves with the responsibility to be didactic at the expense of the art itself. Yeah, and I feel like now people take in more information and content than they ever did. They possibly read just literal words at a higher volume than people did at yeah, any point in totally. history. And they're shittier readers than ever. Yeah. Because everything you're supposed to, you're not supposed to do the work of gaining the meaning from the art or gleaning the meaning or gleaning even the personal meaning. Even if it's explicitly not about that, you can create that meaning for yourself. That's one of the fun things about art. But because everything is fucking, you're just beaten over the head by everything. Everything is a moral invective it's yeah people passively consume we live in a society over and over again and they don't remember that like oh well like you know there are people in it that have like lives that you can you know think about and there's there's purely aesthetic aspects to things and like quotidian fucking daily life and everything which has been completely eliminated from art i just wanted the stripper movie to be a stripper movie why did it have to be the big short yeah all right guys uh well let's let's just let's close out this episode by having a little fun. This is, we're now past the uh, sell-by date of this into January, but we're all in the same room, so let's do it and share it with the listeners. Let's finally do our Chapo Secret Santa. So how do you guys want to do it? Why don't you, why don't you go around and oh, reveal, 
why don't we go around and reveal who each one of us got, and then we can do the gift exchange. Okay. So, Amber. I got Felix. I got Amber. I got Chris. I got Will. I got Virgil. Oh. I got Matt. Perfect. Unlike last year's debacle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we won't won't, uh, won't be discussing that. They uh, forgot me. (laughs) Amber, go first. Um, So, I, well, okay, there's two parts of this. I'm not going to say what's in the bag, but the bag is for, you know, taking with you on the actual present. Ooh. Um, But the actual present, and I'm... I'm oh, thank you so much. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's, uh, <laughs> what, what is it? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. I, no, it's, I, it's, I, it's, no, it's a treat for when he goes to the actual present. Um, so the actual present, and I will forward it to you. But it's two tickets to a Bronx Zoo conservation connection. Oh my god! So basically, you can enjoy the treat in there, and also uh, spend uh, like a half hour in a room with a penguin with a friend. This oh, is, wow. oh my god, Amber! Wow. What a gift. fucking great gift! <laughs> Holy shit! I worked so hard because he's right. It is so hard to give a present to Felix because he is so yeah. weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, you I wish. bet he'd like to be fucked up around a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> Just get pencil and some FaceTime with you and, you and one of the penguins. Yeah, yeah. That's, no, this is a perfect gift. That yeah. is slammed on. That is, wow, it's gonna, be, so much. it's gonna be hard to. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be hard to top like that. All right, here we go. Here is my gift for Amber. Oh, <laughs> all right, here we go. You uh, well, can make that out. It's, it's alcohol related, so I have some glassware here. Yeah, um, but which is. Uh, geographically um, significant. There's, I don't know how to explain okay. it. This, all right. So the, the, these are, these are uh, some, some lovely uh, whiskey glasses, but uh, unfortunately, as much as I make fun of them, I actually am a whiskey girl. So this yeah, makes sense. These are four whiskey glasses, but like uh, the glass is blown such that at the bottom of each glass is a sort of glass blown replica of four of the uh, biggest uh, mountains in America's national park system. We've got Mount Denali. We've got the Half Dome. We've got Mount Rainier and Mount Whitney from uh, several of America's uh, biggest and best national parks. This is perfect. Thank you, Will. This really captures my uh, David Attenborough alcoholism. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Uh, So I got Chris, and I almost went with the Trumpy Bear. <laughs> but I did not because one, I didn't want to give those fucks money, and two, it was like a genuinely cheap product. Like that's like claw machine quality item for like eighty dollars. Uh, so instead, I went with something a little more ephemeral. Uh, uh, I, uh, I don't have wrapping paper because I'm a boy. Oh uh, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, this is. Ah, it's first of all. Let us uh, say that this theme is coming from the uh, the sound buzzer that was in the Game of Thrones monopoly at the uh, at the dojo at the the, the Iowa dojo. But this is a, a bottle of Johnny Walker, a Song of Fire, blended Scotch whiskey, Game wow. of Thrones limited edition. Wow. Ah, tastes oh, like Gambo. This is uh, this is great. Should I take a take a quick shot right now? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, on air. Did you steal that from the dojo? Oh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> no, no. Uh, this is quite smooth. It's, it's very nice. 
Uh, great whiskey. Yes. So you, you would say it's more ice than fire. Uh, well, you know, it's got that it's got that spiciness to it. So uh, it, it has a it has that fire in it. It's not like a cinnamon or a, a fireball or anything, but it, it's it's quite nice. Thank nice. you very much, Virgil. I will enjoy this uh, uh, very quickly. <laughs> um, okay, I actually kind of uh, was the fuck up this year. Uh, so only half my gift is here because the other half of it is ordered from Japan. And oh, I, okay. I like where uh, this is going. Uh, and I honestly ordered a, a bit ago, but the shipping kept getting delayed. And it should be here, I believe, tomorrow or very soon. All right. Uh, but this is for Will. Okay. So here's half of it here, and then I'm going to pull right. up a picture of the second half of it. This is the, the top Oh, okay. This is a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Nice. Very nice. And nice. it is to be paired with this. A, an, an amazing, amazing standing figurine of Vegeta. Yes. In his Super Saiyan blonde. <laughs> in his Super Saiyan blonde. Wow, beautiful. Uh, it is pretty great. Uh, you know, um, iteration. It is a tasteful, about six inches tall. Okay, uh, perfect. Extremely uh, beautifully articulated and painted. That is gorgeous. And, um, uh, you know, it's a dude's rock gift. Uh, that is gorgeous. And Catherine will thank you personally for that later because I will be displaying it prominently in our living room. Yes, <laughs> excellent. Uh, so thanks to Will and apologies to Catherine. Uh, hey, can I get a swig of that? So my I got Virgil, and I also don't have wrapping paper because I also am a boy. Uh, I just Ooh, we, we I, I like I like to Josh with with Virgil, but this is just to let him know that I I'm actually on his side uh, in his battle against gender, and I want to help him with his uh, efforts to do so. <laughs> it is a book entitled "Kiss My Genders." <laughs> And it is a book of artwork. It's gender art. It's, it's gender. I got gender. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, Virgil. Well, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Gender. Merry looks, gender. Like, looks like there's quite a lot of erotic fo- photography oh, yeah. in there. No, it's very erotic. <laughs> <laughs> very lovely. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. All right. Uh, in, a rare, in a departure from my family uh, Christmas, which I love, Everyone knows how much I love Christmas. It's why I supported Donald Trump. You get to watch. You get to watch Ray Donovan with your family. We love it. We love it. But I don't get to shop for other straight males at Christmas. <laughs> I'm the only one in my immediate family, and it's very difficult. It's difficult for them to shop for me. It's difficult for me to shop for them. We figure it out. But getting Matt, I've got possibly the most straight white male. Correct. And what an easy gift to buy. He's literally the only like zero on the Kinsey. Here. Oh hell yes. All right, yes. what we got here? Oh, what is it? Oh, this is a uh, Brewers. Oh, Brewers. cool! Uh, it's like a classic Brewers like dugout jacket. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Had, that's perfect. That's great. Oh, that's all. Th- th- what this on. is to match? Uh, this is to match Matt's uh, newest clothing item, and they are very easy to track because he has about six of them Correct. overall that yeah. I've seen. The the the, the Con Air bomber jacket. Yeah, that, that one's sick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm very proud of that. That's the most expensive item of clothing. Uh, I own it's probably worth the, the entirety of my outfit. Oh, this is part of the Crispin drip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that yeah. actually yeah. looks great. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, 2020 was the year of drip for me. I'm going to yeah. drip it up. <laughs> I've done some, I did some, I did some experimental dripping in 2019. Yeah. But 2020 is going to be all drip. So, uh, yeah. Uh, that is that. That looks great on you, Matt. Thank you. Yes, that thank you. Fantastic. Thank you, Virgil. It, it yeah. pairs very well with the jeans that you buy from grocery stores. Yes, it does. Those By the way, that is not a joke. He though. has bought jeans. I need to get some more Kroger jeans. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have an opportunity to do that when we are on tour. Woo. 
Yes. Uh, we are doing shows at the end of the month in Iowa City, Iowa, or rather next month, Iowa City, Iowa, Derry, New Hampshire, and Las Vegas, Nevada, in the run-up to those two caucuses and primary tickets are available at chapotraphouse.com slash tour. Well, a belated Merry Christmas to you guys. Um, always, oh. always, always fun to get gifts. Yeah. Amber, do you have any plugs? Uh, no, just one last uh, shout out to Trevor for that lovely message he sent us. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah can you explain, oh, explain yeah. a little bit? Mm, I don't think okay. we need to. Right. He knows, he knows. Right, he he knows who he is. Look, right. he, he, Trevor he sent, sent us, email. us an email trying to not solicit us for money to buy a compound with him. Uh, it's honestly the nicest message we ever got, and um, it it makes me feel less embarrassed uh, about having to explain what a podcast is every holiday season to my grandfather, who still thinks I should try and go into dental hygiene. <laughs> my my grandmother is ninety nine and always asks me if I'm making any money. <laughs> uh, this, it's Trevor B. So yeah, 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 Trevor yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you, buddy. All right, and uh, thanks to all you guys, the listeners, a belated Merry Christmas to you as well. Uh, tune in next time to uh, hear the really, really stacked reading series that honestly will we'll, we'll take up probably half of the episode. Can't so wait. stay tuned for that one. Bye. 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 Korea every night ah, I bombed Korea every night Red flowers bursting down below us Those people didn't even know us We didn't know if we would live or die So I sit here at this bar I'm not a hero, I'm not a movie star I've got my beer, I've got my stories to tell But they won't tell you what it's like in hell Red flowers bursting down below us Those people didn't even know us Every night